So uh, welcome one, welcome all, Handkerchief Dynasty. Coming at you, I am as always your secret professor, joined by my good friend and former roommate at the kibbutz, the high priest of Oilers Magic, as well as a very special, uh, very honored, very uh, widely appreciated and uh, wonderful in general guest, uh, Alan Mitchell, a.k.a. Low Tide, a.k.a. Mitch. Welcome back to Handkerchief Dynasty, Mitch. Well, I'm delighted to be here. Which one of you is the messier of the house, uh, like the roommates? Oh, Def- definitely. Yeah, I, yes. Yeah. <laughs> messier, like, uh, than most, I'd say. Than yeah. most of the human populace. So well, you're, you're right up there, right? Like, you, you're basically a caveman. I'd say, mess- I'd say messier than a caveman. I'd say, like, top tier like a new a thing unto itself. A step below. Yes. So like a freak. You're a freak. Yes. Okay. A freak. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a freak. Um, so a headline, Edmonton Oilers first uh, for the first time have beat a team nine times in the regular season. I'm personally pretty impressed with how even though, you know, they obviously are out of play, out of out of the playoff picture not really looking like they're obviously going to make any noise this year or look that way since the start. But I've, I've been kind of impressed by Ottawa and their uh, their ability to hang around in these games a little bit, even though we beat them nine times. Well, early on they were terrible because of the goaltending, and they still don't have it, you know, where they will want it to be. But w- one thing I'll say is that, that except for the first couple of games, they have, as you say, played uh, pretty well. And I – I think it would be really easy for for uh, all of us to kind of say, well, you know, 9-0 against Ottawa. But, you know, uh, the Calgary Flames didn't have a great record against them. They're, I think, 2-4-1. Uh, so uh, full credit to the Oilers. They have played well uh, against a team that has improved over the year, and they won the first one and all of them and the ninth one. So, you know, they they got a big advantage because of it. But those other teams could have, you know, uh, done better like Calgary, and they'd be in a much better spot for the playoffs right now. I totally agree, and it's not like, I mean, Ottawa knows that we had beaten them six times, that we've beaten them seven times, eight times. It's not like they were going to roll over. I mean, nobody wants to lose nine times to a team, so they were giving the Oilers their best effort, and um, Mike Smith stood on his head tonight, and we, the Oilers did it again. They did it again. Full credit to the Oilers. Yeah, we're seeing that script a, a lot lately, or we've certainly seen it a, a, more than a few times this year, where the, the team is kind of playing a little lackadaisical. They're getting outplayed early on, but Mike Smith holds them in it, and then, um, and then they are able to battle their way out of it. Yeah, I, I think they, they – Smith had a – you know, he's had a hell of a run here. I mean, uh, the, the Oilers are – are uh, you know they're they're going to the playoffs and Mike Smith's a big part of that. When he came in, they were they were a little listless in that area. I don't think he's the MVP of the of the team, as some are saying, because you know there's McDavid and Drysaitel. But uh, I, I think Smith, at, at the most important position of the game, uh, he has he has saved them. Um, and tonight, you know, he he stopped 39 of 40. And a lot of those were really good chances. Like the, the 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 Senators are young, but they have tremendous skill on that team. Two or three years from now, you you won't want to play them full stop. Do you think Mike Smith is going to get Vesna looks? 
No, because they're all going to give it to the guy from Toronto. I'm teasing, but not really. <laughs> I mean, you also have to probably be showing a little bit higher in the in just the, those pure statistical categories for that, right? I mean, I think I, I think don't he deserves know. it. I mean, his, he's got a 9.22 save percentage. He's 14 and three. He's 39 years old, and he's coming off an injury. Yeah, but I mean, 922 doesn't even put him in the top 10, though. Yeah, but what's it's, the uh, what, what's the award know. they give to the what's the award they give to the player who loses an arm and comes back? What's that one called? Oh, uh, oh my gosh, uh, Masterton. Yeah, Masterson. Bill Masterton. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe. Uh, like, uh, I mean, Morazic is 955 in Carolina, but in six games. Um, yeah, that, that, Campbell's that, that, nine, 952 in Toronto. Um, Soros in Nashville is 946, and he's played 23 games. Vasilevsky's 943. God, there's some great goaltending. But Smith is like, – I'm, I'm sorry, I'm looking at even strength here. His five-on-five save percentage is 929, boys. He's had a hell of a year. He has yeah. had a hell of a year. I think it's turned into not just a hell of a run anymore. I think this is a hell of a year. And I think if he keeps it up, he he is going to get Vesna Lux. I think. So we're all we're all uh, willing to forgive him for the delay of game <clears throat> penalty tonight. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Happens all the time. We're, we're look. If you watch the Oilers the last twenty five years, that's 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 nothing. Uh, you know, the, <laughs> the, I mean, the game one of the Stanley Cup final, uh, the behind the net move. That's the, you try to avoid that yes. kind of disaster. Other than that, you're good. You know. Before we move too far away from Mike Smith, did did you guys catch Louis DeBrusque breaking into song when describing Mike Smith's play tonight on television? It's I something knew it was that's a Lionel Lionel Richie song. I just couldn't identify the song. All night long, Secret okay. Professor. Did you catch that? No, I didn't catch that. Oh well. my gosh, it was incredible. So yeah, just very briefly, because I think it should be a huge deal that this happened. I was watching it with my son, and we were both just like, "What the." So Louis DeBrus was talking and he said, uh, he was like, uh, Mike Smith is just, he's been outstanding all night long. And then he just, <laughs> and then he just kept talking. And, and Jack, was, didn't, uh, Jack didn't say anything. Jack, who was always talking, who's always willing to accompany anyone on a tangent anywhere, just like kept going and it never came up again. And it was one of, I, that's got to be, in my opinion, that's the Oilers playoff song right there. Well, he also, uh, you know, and look, I can't sing a note, so I, I stand to be corrected here. I believe at least two of the notes he hit correctly. Yeah, it was great. It sounded great. It was amazing. I couldn't believe it. I just had to get that in there. It was To me, that was almost the entire game was that moment. That happened, and I've literally been pacing the house since it happened, trying to collect myself. Uh, yeah. Getting uh, getting over the fact that Louis DeBrus sang "All Night Long" by Lionel Richie on on live television. Well, to be honest, I think in the near future we can expect a lot of uh, people in and around the Oilers, fans, even people on the team, to just burst into song randomly because it's just such a because a, a, there's a nervous energy around how good this team is, how much fun it is to watch them, how much you know really it looks like the the decade of darkness is well in the rear view now. But like we don't have the kind of like emotional architecture to handle that, so we do things like burst into song and giggle and you know such. Well, you got to take it where you can get it, right? You know, you can't go through every day on the downbeat. So when you 
feel like breaking into song, then you know, let the music take you, as they say. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Low Tide, where are you at with the Nuge injury? What are your thoughts? Well, I I, I have thoughts, um, and I I combine them with other thoughts. Okay, uh-huh. uh, I. I will tell you that I never. I always listen to the general manager, and I take the general manager as, as, at his word. But then I always look for holes in the general manager's argument based on what he said he was going to do and then what he's going to do. And, look, I think Nuge will be fine. He'll probably play in Calgary. But I, I add it to a list of curios that I have about veteran players who aren't playing. Like, uh, James Neal is on the taxi squad right now, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hasn't played since March 15th. Um, what's what's going on there? Like, what? what I don't know. know. We were talking about it last episode because, like, it's it, we, we haven't heard about him in a while. It's it's really bizarre how little attention James Neal's gotten as like an option for this roster. Like, are they saving him for the playoffs or something? Like, that's not not even a thing. Well, I just wonder if if we're going to hear, and I'm not. I'm not casting aspersions. I'm not calling anybody a liar. I just wonder, because he had some COVID issues earlier, I wonder if we're going to have, before Monday, uh, a James Neal or a Nugent Hopkins, although it doesn't sound like his issue is, is long-term, uh, that, that you know they're going to have to LTIR him, uh, and that might free up some money, a la uh, Brendan Gallagher, a la others, you know, uh, who are... Uh, suddenly unavailable. The Neil thing is just curious to me because, you know, it could be nothing. It could be that they simply decided they wanted to run with other people who could penalty kill, uh, and he wasn't, you know, there wasn't room for him because they had to have the third goalie there. I don't know. But right now it's weird to me that that he's on the the, the taxi squad making four point whatever million, and nobody's asking why he's not playing every night. Do you think it's giving Kenny Holland any pause uh, in terms of Nuge maybe having a tiny bit of an off year here? Um, maybe he's, he's a little hesitant to lock him up long term if he feels like maybe he's not showing good chemistry with some of our top players right now? Or am I completely completely out, out to lunch there? I, I think I think Holland, uh, this is, like, I'm glad Holland is, a, like, he's like the executive from out of town, right? So he comes in and he evaluates based on what he knows. I think that everybody who's an Oiler uh, watcher, observer, aficionado, just values Nuge at a different level. Like, you know, mm. I mean, really, I think if he'd been negotiating with Shirelli, Shirelli might have, you know, been surprised at the amount asked for and then given it to him. Because, you know, Nuge goes all the way back to the beginning of the, the uh, you know, the decade of hope, uh, which turned into a decade of hopelessness. But mm-hmm. we're... we're I don't. I think somebody like Holland probably will negotiate with him properly, and he hasn't had a very good year at five on five for sure. But he's got great utility. Uh, he's been a part of this team for a long time. Uh, he doesn't bitch and moan when they move him off the the wing or move him to center or whatever. Never says a word about anything. Uh, I. I I am hopeful he returns. I think Holland is the guy who, if he feels like he's paying too much, he won't do it. And that will, I mean, I don't know what will happen. I, the sun may not come out for weeks, but uh, it, it is possible that Nuge uh, goes elsewhere. I, I never thought I'd say that, but as we reach his free agent day, I, I'm, I think it might be possible. 
Yeah, um, which is a really startling thought because I, I honestly never would have thought we would have come to this point. I mean, even with, even with him being held out today, you know, the mind goes to a place where it's like, well, maybe, I don't know, fuck, Nuge plus plus for like Eichel or something. <laughs> Although obviously like this time of year is a good time for kind of fever dreams and people being completely, uh, you know, bereft of any sanity in their uh, in their thoughts and words. Um, I wanted to ask you something that I, th I think has been going on for a little bit out there in the Oilogosphere a little bit where people are looking at some of our young prospects and just kind of penciling them in a little too soon. You know, people are saying things like, I've, I mean, I'm sure you've heard it as well, they say. Oh, you know, Barry and Bouchard are, are like duplicate the same skill set, which I just think is just completely insane. Um, but do you think people are maybe mistaking some of our organizing organizational depth for NHL depth right now? I think so. I think it's a fan thing to do. Um, and the other side of it is they have to find room for Bouchard. It's not going to be on the top pair. Uh, I, I think they have to make a choice here. Or they have to do one of three things. They have to sign Bouchard, uh, I'm sorry, sign uh, uh, Barry and Larson, or sign Larson and not Barry, or Barry and not Larson. But what they can't do, if they sign both uh, Barry and Larson, along with Bear uh, and, and Bouchard, they're going to have to trade one of Bear or Bouchard. Uh, my suspicion is that they'll let Larson or Barry go. I'm not sure which. Hmm. Quite a change from uh, I think most people probably expected that um, Larson would not necessarily be an Oiler after this current contract. So it's definitely great to see his level of play just really convince people and put some asses in the seats this year because I've been a big fan for a long time. It's a great player, great player. Uh, can play with skill. Obviously, he thinks you know really well along with uh, even on off nights he can get two assists. He's uh, uh, he, he, you know it, it's funny because he'll make these little passes that look like nothing, and yet they keep the puck in and under control. And, and the owners, uh, you know, really have not had that. They've had a lot of, you know, talented guys, but he just seems to be able to, to um, keep the puck in the zone, in the offensive zone, certainly on the power play, but even at five-on-five. Five, uh, he's, he, he's obviously familiar with the task and good at it because he's so skilled. Um, the other guy who did it pretty well was Clefbaum, but he's obviously injured. Low Tide, do you expect any moves to be made here before uh, any playoff moves, any any pickups, any spare parts that we acquire here before the, the run begins? I think they'll do something. I, I you know, Everybody talks about uh, Luke Glendening. I don't know that – I mean, I, I, like – I know face-offs are important, but are they are they so important that you're going to, you know, I, I don't think Glenn Denning is better than Haas, except in the, the face-off circle. Uh, yeah. I, I I would like to see them, uh, if they can get a skill winger, and I know that that makes people roll their eyes, because who's out there that they can afford? I don't know. But, like, if you look at the orders right now, Nuge and, and uh, Pugliarvi are playing up with McDavid, when they're playing, when when Drysaddle and McDavid are are not together, uh, Nuge is not playing with with Drysaddle and Yamamoto. That line was killer a year ago. Yeah. If you could find somebody out there, and I don't know who it is, and I don't know what their price is, uh, it, but I would be willing even to take a risk just to to you know go and acquire somebody who might be able to help you down the stretch because this team needs a spark. And and a year ago, Tippett found it when. 
Holland recalled Yamamoto from the minors. Sometimes I just think you need a fresh look and a fresh uh, approach. And, and, you know, hell, maybe it's Drake Kajula who's on waivers. I don't know. I'm just saying I would, if I were Holland, I would just bring somebody in and, and as a skill winger and, and just try them out a little bit because it, it's pretty stale on the skill lines for the Oilers right now. Drake Kajula was placed on waivers. Was he? He was placed on waivers today or tonight. So he'll we'll have until tomorrow sometime to pick him up. Do you yeah, think? Do you think? Do you think that's something that could happen? I kind of think it is something that's of all the things that I've heard, um, all the moves that I've heard that could be made. That one has a uh, kind of a ring of possibility to it. Maybe not the truth yet, but a ring of possibility. I know he was really popular in the locker room and he was just sort of let go for, for nothing. Is that something you could see happening, him coming back? Well, I know that, that, you know, the, the, the word around the team at the time, and I don't hang around the team, but I hang around people who hang around the team was that he was a popular member of the club. Um, he was traded during, I don't know if you remember, but it was during the, the worst of times for, um, for Peter Shirelli, he was. Yeah. He and Hitchcock had decided they needed big defensemen, and they made two trades in one day. Uh, neither of them really worked out at all, um, and and you know it was heading downhill very quickly. Now, the, the thing about Kajule is he's not a like it's not somebody you slide in as as the solution. I think you slide him in as an option, right? Um, at five on five this year in 27 games, he doesn't have any goals at all. So. Let's let's review here. But over his career, uh, and certainly when he was in Edmonton, uh, he played a couple of years here as a as a I guess three years here as a regular, uh, and he you know scored nine goals one year in 67 games. I don't think he's I, I don't think he's a I, I don't think he's a guy you put in there all the time. But he might be another option, another guy you slide in uh, from time to time. And and they have to do something like. I keep wondering if they're going to put Nuge with Dreisaitl and Yamamoto. In the beginning, I was like, no, no, they can't do that. Now I'm all for it. Uh, but then you have to put somebody with McDavid and Pulya Yarvi, and I don't know if they have that player. Cahoon hasn't really worked. Uh, he's okay. He's just not great. Uh, and and I think that job is still open. And I, if they if they think Kajula could handle part of it, maybe they maybe they make a bid on him. To support the show, please visit us on patreon.com slash handkerchief dynasty. We have our first bonus episode with the mother superior herself is now live. Um, the high priest mother. We also have a fresh mixtape. Um, I'll also be releasing from the archives of the high priest of Oilers magic, his time, uh, some of his work during his, uh, non non nude modeling days at the rectory. So, uh, be sure to uh, check us out at patreon.com slash handkerchief dynasty to enjoy that. Um, do you think, I mean, t- Tippett talked about, um, getting, uh, I was quite surprised actually he was so open about it, but he talked about the need to get Cassian kind of rolling here prior to the playoffs. If, if Tippett and the coaching staff can do that, would that kind of ultimately be like the crown jewel of coaching achievements for them this year? Just because we've all been beating our head against the wall, uh, about this player for a long time now. Well, I think, you know, this is such a weird year. Like, you know, they're, they're, they have, they have, uh, historic scores on this team. Like what McDavid's doing this year, uh, and really Dreisaitl too, are just, you know, 
jaw-dropping. So you've got that at the top end. And then you've got a, like a large group of players who cannot get even an assist. And, and so you're, you're like, it's like you're, you're in the Taj Mahal or you're the ocean one minute and you're in the desert the next, depending upon what part of the roster you're looking at. And with Cassian, you know, he doesn't look like the same player. He's not his confident self. Uh, he's, he's clearly, uh, you know, maybe he's taken too many penalties and uh, they've, they've put the, lowered the boom or something. But along with all the other rambunctiousness has gone any sort of, you know, passing or, or shooting ability. He had a little bit of it tonight. He seemed to be rocking a little bit. But I, the, the, the cure for Cassian is to play him on the McDavid line. What I find interesting is they haven't done that. Is uh is Leon Dreisaitl uh like top three just in terms of uh, shooters in the NHL right now? I mean, there's been much ink spilled over in Toronto over um, a certain someone putting him and Ovechkin as number one and number two as goal scorers. Well, I I, I don't know what the list is. I think I think Dreisaitl is right there. Obviously, uh, Ovechkin's been there for you know 15 years. Unbelievable player. But but I like and I like. If, if Connor McDavid says something about hockey, then his opinion should take precedent, I think. But I, I, I will say that Austin Matthews, when he's healthy, uh, is is just a pure goal scorer. He's he's. Uh, remember when Kessel first came up and he could just score from anywhere, and and that's sort of Matthews. He's just a freak of nature. He's a wonderful hockey player, mm-hmm. and and so I would. Any list that talked about, you know, marksmen, snipers, uh, you know, I'd, I'd probably have the, the winger in Boston on that list, uh, you know, four or five Tampa Bay Lightning, depending upon who's healthy, whatever year it is. Uh, but I, 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 think, I think they're all, I think the three guys that we've talked about here, uh, Dreisaitl, Ovechkin, Matthews, they're all, what, top five or six. I don't know what the exact order is, but they're all really good. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think that, um, I mean, from what I've seen in terms of sort of money in the bank on the power play from a spot, I would say that Ovi and Dry are top two. I'd say, and maybe that's what um, McDavid was sort of referring to. That's the impression I got, is that Mm. he was kind of talking about you know, sort of a like a, a one-timer from a specific. He staked out his territory, and it's just kind of money from that spot. And I think that him and Ovi are, I'd say, the top two. And Matthews is definitely in there. Matthews definitely has a great shot. But in terms of a guy who can stay in one spot in the ice and get that one-timer off, I don't know. I don't know if there's very many guys in the league that can do it better than Leon Dreisaitl. Agreed. I think uh, listening to what you just said, that makes perfect sense to me. Um, High Priest? No? Uh, no, of <laughs> course not. It makes, I'm, just, I'm just shocked. Uh, I think I've heard somebody say that to me like maybe three or four times in my entire life. So. <laughs> I'm just re- I'm reeling. I'm reeling. Um, we'll start the wind-down procedure here. I know we wanted to keep this a little episode at a little episodeito. Thank you so much for coming on, uh, Mitch. Um, by the way, do you think you would ever want? Um, I'm asking for a friend, but if you ever wanted some uh, some young about like kind of men about town podcasters on the lowdown with low tide, I mean, who who would we submit our resume to? Well, uh, you know, 
what happens is, and, and I mean, I'm being real honest here, uh, it, 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 because I'm older, it, you got to do it a few times, and then I begin to know who you are. Uh, I might be able to identify you in a, a police lineup. Um, and then, you know, <laughs> two or three years later, your M. Chuck will ask me about you, and then as soon as he knows, it clicks right in and you get on the show. That's basically how it works. Good so, to know. You know. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm it, taking it, notes. it's not that... It's not that I don't love everybody, but it's like my neighbors. I love them. I just don't know who they are. Well, I mean, I also wouldn't want to inflict the kind of deluge of mediocrity that were rain down upon you. So, um, well, we'll, we'll, consider, will say, we'll consider all options. Well, one thing I will say is that, that the little promo you did a couple of minutes ago when you were talking, talking about somebody during their nude period or whatever. No, no, non-nude, non-nude modeling. Non-nude, I'm sorry, I, yeah. I got confused. I think that sort of thing will get you to the top of the broadcast industry quicker than anything I could ever do for you. Nice, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, what do you think is going to happen with Vancouver? Do you think we should just uh, maybe consider just letting them letting them kind of call it, you know? Do you think maybe, I mean, I know I know it's counter to all of our personal interests as proprietors of hockey-based programming, but maybe uh, maybe we should just let them uh, take a little break, take a little breather. Gary's going to make them play every game. Yeah, he and, is. And I think the, the reason is because this contract is going to end, and then they're going to cash in on the next one. And uh, the, he doesn't want to do any make goods, and so that's going to be – you know, like they're already calling guys back from from uh, Utica, and they had a an outbreak in Utica. And I would, I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he made them sign some more free agents, just because they're 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 all going to play 56 games, and it, it'll probably screw the orders up because they'll be playing until the day before the playoffs start, and that's that'll be a tired team that hits the ground running. Uh, in the playoffs against, I, I think it's going to be Winnipeg. But that's my take. They're going to play 56 games. Mm. It's intense, man. I mean, uh, it's like, uh, it's the kind of thing you'd see in some kind of totalitarian state, you know? I don't know. But I understand the need to, like, I understand from a business perspective, the NHL really wants to have those dates and even just like a few a, a few games difference, um, you know, leading into the playoffs and during the playoffs can traditionally make a pretty big difference. Obviously, not right now with with attendance, but even I don't know. It just seems I feel sorry for like basically besides the Winnipeg games, it's starting to feel like a bit of a death march for me. But maybe that's just the way the regular season always feels near the end, especially if you've kind of already uh, punched your ticket. Well, I I think the owners have a lot they need to to iron out, like. Their 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 left side of their defense is not pumping on all pistons, um, and and Russell as a second pair with Larson is is I mean it's pretty dire. That's that's not going to work, and so uh, they're you know I mean I I wouldn't be completely shocked if they went out and got a left-handed defenseman. I'm not kidding you, um, but I and I, they got to trust Caleb Jones more. Ethan Bear's coming along. Jones got, or uh, yeah, Caleb Jones got an assist tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. I, they're, but they're finding out about themselves. Like right now, that Cara line, we're going to see that line in the playoffs guaranteed. They're they're solidifying themselves as a bottom six workhorse line uh, for Tippett right now. But the top two lines, you tell me what the opening night lines are going to be in the first game of the playoffs against Winnipeg. I have no idea 
how they're going to line up in the top six. Do you think it could keep opposition coaches kind of on edge? Um, like we had, we, we saw that we weren't expecting the Connie, Connie and Drysaddle line together uh, game before last. And then when they came out, they, they were playing together. Do you think it might put an opposition coach on edge to kind of be prepared for, you know, say defending those two on different lines and then have to deal with them on the same line or vice versa? Oh, I think so. I think so for sure. It's uh, you know, the it's a cat and mouse game, right? And you see it, you know, often during the even during the flow of the game where they they can't get any you know uh, open air for McDavid, they'll just slide him down to the fourth line and play him there and, and see if he can make something happen there. I have no doubt that Tippett uses used it uh, strategically, and I think he rewarded them tonight because they played so well last night. Awesome stuff. We always love having you on, Mitch. Always a pleasure. Uh, High Priest, do you want to take the last one, or you got any special admonishments, announcements, anything in the church bulletin? Uh, nothing really important. Uh, the pierogi supper has once again been postponed. Damn it. We'll, we'll put that on hold. Uh, the pierogies are in the freezer. Mushroom if gravy, have, it'll if all I hold. Have you on, if I have you on the lowdown, are you, would you send me pierogies? Yes, of course, <laughs> of course. Uh, more than you could ever possibly need. Yeah, more because that, that could that could break the ice. I'm just saying. You know. Well, I, I believe you might you might have a producer of the uh, of of the Ukrainian persuasion as well. Yes, yes. Yeah. I've asked him many times if he knows what pierogies are, and he has said yes. So, <laughs> you know, that kid's going places. Um, okay, well, we'll look forward to uh, the game against the Flames tomorrow. I mean, any you guys think basically like we're we should win that one? I mean, it's fair to say, knock on wood. I mean, they suck, right? The Flames are ass right now. As I think I'm, I'm not ashamed to say. I never, you know, it's a it's a Sutter team now, so they're the, it'll be a hard fought, you know, game no matter what. They're they may suck, but they're gonna they're gonna you know they're gonna contest a lot of stuff and and. Uh, I never take Calgary lightly. They're, they Giordano plays right at the edge. Yep. I'm always just happy when they get out of the game healthy. I'll be honest. That's how I feel. Mm. Fair enough. Um, yeah, that's a good point, too. Okay, well, we'll look forward to uh, the deadline. I have a feeling it might be a bit of a slow one. We'll be, uh, we'll be listening to the lowdown um, with bated breath and with bells on. And uh, thank you so much time for your time tonight, uh, Mitch, and we'll, we'll hook it up again real soon, okay? Boys, I enjoy doing this. Thank you. Yeah. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening, all.